I'm really funny. <laughs> I'm a little nervous right now, but I'm so funny. <laughs> That's going to be the ad lib. We're going to use that. I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks, and welcome to Brown and Out. Today we're talking to Nyria Stewart Thompson. How's it going today? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you're fresh off a mountaintop. Um, you just went hiking today down in Stowe, is that correct? Yes, I did. How was your experience hiking today? My fucking legs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a city girl. I'm from West Philadelphia, and um, nature isn't my forte, but I'm from a you know, concrete jungle, so I, that's like the, the jungle part. Um, those fucking mosquitoes was biting my ass, <laughs> literally, um, and three of them are probably in my body right now. Oh, no. Yep. You think they, they're hatching? Probably. So oh, I'm going to die like maybe tomorrow. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, that's, well, sometimes my legs don't hurt till like the day after. So was, was this your first time on a mountain? No. Okay. No. I've, I've done it before. <laughs> but like, I was like, you know what? I'm going with my friend. He's off from work. I'm off from work. Like, let's just do it. And, I don't know why I do this to myself. <laughs> You're having hiker's remorse. Yes. <laughs> and um, we saw, uh, we had a dog with us. It was his um, roommate's dog. And then three elderly, like, golden retriever dogs were out there <laughs> with, like, bells around their necks. So, like, they know the terrain. And they were following us. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, there's like, these dogs, like, but the bird boxes, bitch. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And it was crazy. Like, we were hearing noises and people voices. I'm like, I'm about to die. You know how black people and brown people are. Like, we die first in horror movies. That, uh, it's unfortunately a popular stereotype in, in culture. Um, it's a familiar trope, but I'm glad that you didn't. I'm glad that you survived and you're here to tell the tale. Um... Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it was more of a positive experience upon further reflection. Hopefully your body thanks you for it in time. In time. Yeah. yeah. I think that's how it works sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not today, but like eventually. Um, so you're a self-described firecracker. Yes. <laughs> what, what does that mean for you and those around you? Oh, my God. I definitely think it means, like, I'm not predictable. I can, like, you know how, like, back in the day when you were a child or whatever, like, you were outside playing and you are, like, you're, like, the firecrackers and you light it. Sometimes it won't light. Sometimes it will light and it'll wait, like, five seconds. Sometimes it will just explode in your face. That is me. I'm the personification of a firecracker. You don't know what you're going to expect. And, you know, if you want to, like, compare to Zodiac signs, yes. If I want to, then which one are you? So, are you your, are you your own? Are you Do you identify with your sign? Do you think that makes sense as a firecracker? Yes, um, but it's a little bit complicated because I kind of got my other houses broken down to me. Uh-huh. So um, my son is Aquarius. I was uh-huh. born January 22nd. Okay. But I'm a double Scorpio with moon and rising. <laughs> and I I had one Scorpio friend, and she was, like, the first Scorpio that I knew. And I knew, like, in my childhood, I, bet, I definitely had, like, so many different Scorpios. But when I was, like, in my younger adults and, like, 
um, teenage years, I finally figured out like zodiac signs and mm-hmm. stuff. So when she told me that she was a Scorpio, I was like, oh, for Scorpio, I'm gonna like know everything. And this, <laughs> we're not friends anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> so I have a bad beef with Scorpios. And you know, I shouldn't generalize and make assumptions about all Scorpios. And look at me now. I'm a double Scorpio. <laughs> and who would have thought? Lo and behold. Lo and behold, double Scorpio. So do you think that accounts for some firecrackivity? Yes. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> like, are you a Scorpio? No, you're a Sagittarius. I, uh, well, let me are tell you. you. <laughs> Virgo sun. Okay. Capricorn moon. Scorpio rising. So. Okay, we match on one of them. In part, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, apparently, like, Scorpios, and I don't know if this is a pro or a con, <laughs> But they keep receipts. Mm. They keep receipts. Yeah. Like you fuck them over once, okay? Like they'll, they'll probably forgive you twice, mm, three times. Like no, they keep the fucking receipts. <laughs> While Aquarius, and I think more like Aquarius, I feel like it's different for like the month of Aquarius and like if you're a femme or male. Mm. Um, I know that. <laughs> well, anyway, Aquarius like. We don't open up to our emotions straight mm. on. We have to wait and stuff, and still then we're like. I'm good. Okay. But then, like, I have this other, like, houses with Scorpio where they are highly emotional. They don't let things go. And when they do let like, things go, they'll forgive but never forget. They keep those receipts. And I was like, damn. Damn. But when I was growing up, they were only known as, like, the kings and queens of sex. So... <laughs> and I was like, I don't... I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm not like that. But as far as intensity in other ways, you can relate. Oh, yes. Highly emotional, both sides. <laughs> um, one side is like emotional anger. Mm. Other side is emotional like empathy. Mm. And I think they can interlock with Aquarius and Scorpio. Mm. So I guess like complicated and messy, but beautiful at the same time. <laughs> it's just like a firecracker. That you are. <laughs> that you are. How appropriate. <laughs> well, I love talking about astrology. Um, I don't know enough about it to talk about it with authority, mm-hmm. but those are the most fun things to talk about anyway, like shit yes. you don't really know about. Um, <laughs> and you can pretend to have a little bit of expertise around. Um, as you mentioned, you are from Philadelphia. Let's get a little bit, let's get deep and tell me about growing up in Philadelphia and also growing up a first generation American. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Born in West Philadelphia, born and raised, like Will Smith. Um, it was crazy because um, now the house we're living in now, like currently, is um, it's a school called Overbrook High School. Is where Will Smith graduated graduated from. So yeah, like it just it's just crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, I was my brother and I were born in West Philadelphia, and um, our parents are from Barbados. Um, which is kind of like funny because my nickname is Riri in here, like at UVM and at Vermont, but back home it's Naria or Nyria. Um, but growing up in Philly, oh God, seasoned food, <laughs> <laughs> like, something you miss. <laughs> something I miss, you know, basically for being like a, a Caribbean American, but also from a city, like the food is amazing. I grew up with multiple, uh, different ethnic foods um so my best friends growing up as a child have been from different ethnic backgrounds and I truly miss that I miss that essence of being a city girl living in a city being born in a city um 
but city life is hard like it's just um it's hard uh i didn't grow up in the best neighborhood um wasn't the worst but wasn't the best um you know that trope like oh you know your mom tell you to get home before the street lights can come home yeah yep that's that's how it was it was pretty dangerous where we lived and my father didn't tolerate that so he saved enough money for us to move to a quote-unquote better area but it was still like violence and stuff and still different challenges we had to face um but at the end of the day I miss it right now like you know we're in Burlington Vermont and yep (laughs) we're in Burlington Vermont um I definitely do have like that that pocket of like city folks here because this university UVM to be precise um definitely markets to inner city students so I'm a partnership student so Philly Chicago and New York are uh, some of the partnership student areas that they come and market their school and you know brought us here um and it's been it's been challenging but I definitely miss the city I I miss my mom I miss my dog oh my god I miss my dog but yeah, going back to the question. Growing back, <laughs> uh, going, <laughs> growing up in, in Philly, um, definitely had to grow some tough skin that I apparently lost back here in Vermont. I don't. Hmm. I used to say I used to have dragon skin. My mom used to call me, which is so interesting because it was um, the rapper Eve's um, mm. nickname. So her nickname was Pitbull in a skirt. Mm-hmm. And my mom called me that growing up as a child. I was a fucking savage. <laughs> like, I I used to say the most outlandish things as a child. I did the most outlandish things as a child. Um, I got away with a lot of things that my brother wouldn't have got. So, like, gender norms are flipped <laughs> for certain things. Not anymore. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it was, like, she called me Pitbull in a skirt. Um I did some crazy shit when I was a child. Um, <laughs> Name one thing. Oh, you can't just say that. Love, you're not ready. <laughs> um, Give us one story. So I'm definitely like after I finish this uh, podcast, I'm definitely going to like that podcast is recording. I'm definitely going to tell my parents and my brother. So Davian, if you're listening to this, I love you, um, mom and dad. I've been telling everyone this since, since I've been a first year at UVM. So long story short, uh, I broke my brother's legs. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, my brother and I, um, which is kind of where, like, you know, the dragon skin came from, and, you know, children will be children, and siblings will be siblings. We did not get along. We're best friends now, so I love you, Davian. Um, we're best friends now, and, but when we were children, um, we were terrible. Like, we, like, there, there was times, like, we could have killed each other, and as a child, you don't, you don't know. Like, you're just, like... I'm just going to hurt them. They're fine. They'll bounce back like a Barbie doll. No, like I should never have broken his legs. But you know what? He rose up like a champ. But I'm going to tell you the details. <laughs> so um, I like to say that my mom is um pretty bougie when it comes to guests. Um, sorry, mom, but you kind of are. Um, and you're a tourist, so that makes perfect sense. Yep, shade, yes. Um, and my father's a Gemini, so it makes perfect sense. Um, so we had guests over, and um, my brother and I have been acting a fool the entire day. And my mom sit our asses down, and she said, you're going to fucking behave, because our guests are here. 
And you know, me being the little pretty princess I was, I was like, I'm gonna be beautiful for these guests. But when I get on this table, I'm whooping your ass. <laughs> um, and you know, the dinner's almost done. Like it's almost done. We eating dessert, and my brother looked at me, and he said, "Naria, remember when Mom and I found you the dumpster?" Like, Reggie, there was a point in my life where I looked nothing like my parents. So I believed, like, I was adopted. I believed I was truly adopted. And it was, it sucked, it sucked that because I'm also a twin. I have an identical twin sister who passed away eight days after our birth. Yeah, she passed away. And um, that's something that we don't talk about in our family, but back to, like, the side story. Um... He used that sometimes. He used that sometimes. And as a child, I don't think he realized that. But he, like, said, like, yeah, we found you in a dumpster behind, like, the hospital. And I was like, <gasps> so I started crying. <laughs> We're, like, 5 and 10 at this point. So, like, yeah. Um, I cry. I excuse myself, run up the stairs. And I looked in the mirror. And I was like, you have to kill him. So, <laughs> to anyone that's, like, listening to this right now, there's this movie called This Christmas, starring um, Idris Elba, Chris Brown, oh, my God, Regina King, beautiful, old-school black, like, actors. And they filmed this movie called This Christmas, obviously around the holidays. And... Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Regina King's character, her husband is like cheating on her multiple times with this woman in New York. And she finds out whatever and she, he comes back home, comes back to the mom's house because they're all staying at the mom's house. And she um, grabs the mom's baby oil. Yes. Everyone is like, oh my God, yes, this scene happened. And I'm going to tell you how it's a connection to what I did to my brother. Um, She grabs the baby oil and puts it all over like the bathroom towel like towels while he's showering so she like has like the lingerie on or whatever like oh take a shower Malcolm take a shower and while he's in the shower she goes to her mom's room and asks her I need the baby oil like the Johnson Johnson's one okay and she puts all that shit on the tiles of the bathroom <laughs> and he's like why you got all your clothes on I thought he was gonna join me in the shower and she's like no I got a problem with you come outside of the shower and he gets an attitude. He comes out. He slips. He busts his ass. And he don't know that she's a belt behind her. And she's whooping his ass. And he's like, you lost your damn mind, whatever. And she's like, I, I found out you've been playing house with that little fucking hoe in New York. Blah, blah, blah. And she's whooping his ass. And that's the end of the story. Watch the movies called This Christmas. It's beautiful. Came out like the early 2000s. And connection to what I did to my brother, I basically, after I said, I have to kill him, I unplugged his video game that he paused. Now, for all the people that are listening to this that are gamers, you never do that. And I'm like semi-low-key a gamer, but like I know that I will never fucking do that. So I knew that was going to get his attention to come upstairs. I knew. That's how I was a savage, y'all. Five-year-old Riri was a savage. And... <laughs> I scream like, David, oh my God, David, oh my God, your game, your 2K, I don't know what, what, what number it was, 2K, whatever game is, it's something happened. So obviously he runs up the steps and I put all this baby oil on the hallway because his room leads to the end of the hallway. 
He, oh baby, he reached the top of that step. He didn't even make it up though. He didn't make one inch inside the hallway, and he slipped back, and he went down all fourteen steps. Yes, I know people are like this. This bitch is crazy. I was a savage. I wasn't crazy. Um, and you know, I'm whipping his ass. I had the belt and stuff, and I, I got punishment. Yeah, I don't think I broke his legs. I think I just sprained them. But you know what now what he's doing that with his life? He is a six seven black king, size fourteen foot, and he got drafted to the ABAs. I don't know what the ABA stands for, but if anyone who's a basketball fan, it's right underneath NBA. So you know what? I think I helped him in his career. <laughs> Something about that fall. <laughs> Something about that fall. So my tangent is over how Ruby was a savage and how Philly made me become a savage and now oh. I lost that essence. Oh. Your your edge has softened a bit. Yeah, in your older I think years. I'm a empath now. Okay, so, <laughs> so you wouldn't so you wouldn't purposefully hurt someone in that way. I'm chaotic good, so maybe. <laughs> so maybe. But yeah, that was my little tangent, Davian. I love you. Shout out, Davian. <laughs> she didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I love you, bro. Um. So, your family is from Barbados. Yes, and. Earlier, we've spoken about um, a rivalry between different Caribbean islands. Oh, yes. So take us into what that's like, a little bit, a window into that world. Okay. I did a paper on this Mm. for my social work, race, and racism class. Um, So, uh, like I said, I'm Caribbean American, so growing up, all my classmates only knew that Jamaica was the only Caribbean island. Mm. And they also have had a distinction of Latinx Caribbean islands. Mm-hmm. So, like, to them, for also, the American system is terrible. They did not teach these children geography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I had, even today, like, I've had multiple people say, oh, how close is Barbados to Jamaica? I'm like, sis, whole different side of the island. Like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> whole different side. Like, what are you talking about? Sorry, that's my little accent. It's terrible. I have a terrible accent, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so growing up um, in America, a little tough because um, when I got to go back home to Barbados, mm-hmm. um, I got, obviously picked up an accent and then came back to America. And they were like, oh, you Jamaican? You Jamaican? Whatever. And I'm like, I didn't even know Jamaica was a fucking place until Americans told me <laughs> um, but the rivalry is like, especially like in American view, the only island out there is Jamaica, hmm. and there's no obviously like this is no shade to Jamaicans because I know you're gonna come at my throat after I'm finishing this damn recording, <laughs> but it's okay. I still like I love y'all. I definitely have family that's also live in Jamaica as well and are Jamaican, but it's kind of frustrating, and I, I, and they know they know it's frustrating because I know a lot of them too get. Like mix up with other islands and it's really frustrating to have your identity like something that you're very proud of get mixed up with something else like no I'm not this I'm this I'm not that I am this you hold it with much much pride and that's where the rivalry comes like um, growing up uh, the majority of the students that were in my like middle school and high school that were Caribbean Americans were Jamaicans. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend, Vanessa, she is from St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Um, my other friend, um, Daniel, she is from Dominica, not Dominican Republic, Dominica. 
Um, and I've had other friends like from St. Lucia, the Bahamas, um, and other places. But that was like the big thing was that like, if you have an accent, hmm. the label was that you're only Jamaican. So you felt like that was unfairly attributed to you by, um, like American culture. Yes, yeah. definitely. And it sucks too because there's so many beautiful, beautiful other islands out there. And you know what's crazy too? Like, I, I can't even blame Jamaicans because, like, damn, like y'all island is fucking beautiful. You're, you're, the people is beautiful. I can't even blame y'all. I can blame America. Let's just all blame America for everything. Let's just do that. <laughs> Um, well, like you said, for not um, teaching children that mm-hmm. there's a difference between all these different places. Yeah. And like, go figures for American history. Like, we still get our, sh- like, we still get, like, our textbooks aren't even good. So how, how can I, how can me, like, 10-year-old Riri expect other 10-year-olds to understand when American history is so fucked up? Like, their history books is all in different Ver, like we use the quote unquote verses and different paragraphs and different um, phrases and like it's not accurate at all. We barely talk about the actual things that have happened in American history. So I can't expect like 10 year olds to know. I shouldn't have expected that. But it was very frustrating and just to get compared to something that I'm not, that I didn't even know of. And then like to be told, oh no, you sound Jamaican. And I'm just like, what does that even mean? You mean like an accent? Or oh, you sound African. Like, that's disrespectful to because, like, one, um, the continent. Two, how many different countries do I sound like? Because I I want to know how many different countries. I want to know. That's my little tangent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fine. This is the place for tangents. Tangents um, have a space here Thank at Brown you. and Out. Um think that's a good segue into the topic of colorism um and we can talk about colorism both in the caribbean and part of that culture and also part of colorism in american culture if you'd like Uh, i know it's something we talked about and you might have some theories on yeah so that's one of my biggest pet peeves is colorism which is like a really big one and i i don't want to say the word develop but i like this this pet peeve gathered with me when I was in middle school. Mm. Um, so I was bullied in middle school and elementary school and some parts of high school as well. Um, but both in elementary school and middle school, it was because of my color. A lot of it was because of my color. Um, and all throughout my school life, like, I've never was able to wear different clothing, like, like your own clothing. I had to wear a uniform. So one thing that they bullied me with was my uniform, but also another thing was the color of my skin. And I knew, knew about this divide when I noticed that, like, all... And I'm just going to say the little girls. Look, the, the boys, I don't... I don't think there was, like, any beef. There could have been, but I didn't notice that. Um, but the girls, like... Different tables for different skin colors. Oh, and then, like, when I got to high school, red bone, light skin. The whole dark skin versus light skin thing was definitely big in my high school. Um, calling each other darkies or um, cockroaches or burnt and stuff. And I had a... Um, we're no longer friends anymore, but she was, she is a beautiful, dark-skinned woman. And I remember the one of my oldest memories of us was me and my other friend, my best friend Vanessa, and her. And 
we were on the steps waiting for the doors to open for our high school. And um, back then, I didn't believe uh, black people needed sunscreen. (laughs) So um, when we saw her put it on, we was like, what you doing? And she was like, I'm not trying to get burnt like this other dark-skinned boy that was in our class. And that didn't sit well. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, you don't need sunscreen. Um, Little side tangent. People need sunscreen. Um, wear sunscreen, y'all. I um, little plug. Um, I wear this sunscreen called Black Girl Sunscreen. You can find it at Target now. It's a black-owned business. Sunscreen. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, wear sunscreen. <laughs> but yeah, she like said she was like, and that just bothered me. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like you will get burnt. And if you did get burnt, what does that matter? Like. What's wrong? And I definitely believe that she, like, we all had to unlearn these biases and judgments and, like, this self-hate in our head. Because I remember one time I was goofing around with, like, my friends and, like, I think, was it my older sister that was there? I don't know. But I was like, oh, I'm light-skinned. And, like, that didn't sit well with her because she's a dark-skinned woman. And she was just like, what do you mean, like, you're light-skinned? Like, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just pretty. And And she was like, okay. And I definitely knew that probably hurt her. And I was like, I think I was like seven at the time. And I had to definitely unlearn it because, one, in the eyes of the oppressor, we are all fucking the same. Like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Like, you can be light as snow. You can be dark as the fucking galaxy. It don't fucking matter. And, like, there's definitely with colorism, the fucking light skin privilege is a thing. It's not a myth. It's definitely a thing. I have seen it with my own fucking eyes when it comes to dating, when it comes to job searching, when it comes to just living in general. Our society punished darker skins of all ethnic groups, but praise the light. Makes no sense to me. Makes no sense. And it just, because I didn't learn that when I was in my, in my household. I didn't learn it. And it just, it, it it made no sense to me. And the wars that have come up with dark skin versus light skin truly damages multiple communities, not only black and brown, but multiple other communities um, and others, other, like, regions of America, like different cities, different communities. It's just, it bothers me so much. Um and I remember, I remember us talking about this a little bit at, um, at uh, Muddy Waters, and I didn't know how else I was to describe this, but when I first learned about colorism and, like, color, like, this skin color, it was um, my grandfather, my mother's father, was a candy man. Mm. He worked at a, can- a chocolate factory. Mm-hmm. Um a chocolate factory some, somewhere, I think, in, like, South Philly, whatever. I don't know where it was. A factory. And it was, like, bring your children or, like, grandchildren to work day. And he brought my brother and I. <clears throat> it was, like, one of my oldest members of my grandfather. And um, we were watching the chocolate pour down. Like, there was, like, a, a see-through window. We were watching it pour down. And, like, that's how I developed my, like, oh, like, we are different, but, like, he like this person matches that this chocolate like I think like one time it was white chocolate going down like this like big like cylinder and I was like oh my god granddad like that man looks like white chocolate and like oh my god Davian is looks like dark chocolate and that's how I like fathom 
like color colors and like race and ethnicity like well not more like ethnicity but more like race so I like how I was in I like um that was my first introduction to like we're different but we're all chocolate <laughs> and we're all interesting sweet. theory oh and we're all sweet and like, we're all sweet we're all chocolate and like he thought that was cute like he was like that's really cute and everything and mm-hmm. it was sad that like society had like break that bubble for me mm. and mm. and then like that was like damn like because not everybody is treated as equally everybody. sweet <laughs> right not everyone's treated equally sweet well that's one way to put it yep also, um, don't compare people's skin color to food. <laughs> yeah, I was young. I was young, y'all. I was young. <laughs> now, I know you're newly out. Yes. Do you want to speak for a second about that experience? Yeah. So, I'm an incoming senior in, at the University of Vermont. Woo, woo, woo. Um, I came out my first year when I got back home. So I came out during the winter break, so December, to my mother um, of 2016. Um, my brother already knew. His reason of knowing, I have no idea. Like, he said, he was like, oh, I saw you toss around with your friend. And I was like, you mean we were play fighting in my bedroom? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, that's how you figure you found out. Sure, I'm going to let you have that. Um, but... <laughs> my mom, I told my mom because uh, my brother, he doesn't live um, in Philly. He lives in a different state. Um, and we were on the phone together while I was back home. And we were just talking. And I was like, um, Mom, I, Jesus. Mom, I love you so much. I have to tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> um, my brother and I was just, he was on the phone. He was like, oh, just tell mom. Like, she'll understand and then she was like, tell me what? Like, tell me what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, Mom, I like dick and pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, literally, like, it was like crickets. And then out of nowhere, he starts busting out laughing. And you know, like, the static, like, the static of, like, um, the telephone. Like, he started laughing so loud that the phone started, like, vibrating. It was just so funny. And, of course, like, she didn't take it, like, she didn't, um, how do I want to put this? She wasn't, like, strict about it. She wasn't angry. She was just dramatic as fuck, like a Taurus is. Um, shade number two, the Taurus. Uh, she just started, like, dramatically like screaming and not not loud but just like oh my god like i failed as a parent oh my god whatever whatever and like now like i'm li- like i'm thinking about it right now i'm just like wow that was stupid for you to say that you didn't fail as a parent because your child likes to pussy <laughs> you failed as a parent if you like you know kick me out the house or like disown me or beat me for being true to myself um yeah and after that day i told her it was like everything went back to normal which something that our community has to work on one day at a time 
because of stuff like that happens, you just need to have a conversation, just talk about it. Um, and also just like any other thing that happens, just like maybe you could just talk about it. And it's just funny to me because like parents can sit down and talk to their children about the birds and the bees and stuff and like homework or stuff, but not like identity, certain identities. It's funny to me. But um, my mom knew before my father. Um, and my mom's been trying. Like I... I know, like, I'm making it sound like she's dramatic as fuck, a dramatic queen, but she's been trying. Like, she definitely is um, more accepting. Um, she has said sorry to me, which if you grow up in a black and brown, even a pot community, like, you know, like, parents, elders saying sorry to their the youth is very, like, interesting. I wouldn't say rare, not common, in the middle, um, so when she's been saying sorry to me, I'm just like, wow, are you my mother? Have have aliens adopted you and like give me a different mother? But no, she's she's been saying sorry and she's been doing the homework too. Like, um last summer Barbados had their first pride. Barbados is mainly Christian Catholic and like just to put religion out there, this it's just to be real. Um, so they don't they don't like accept that type of quote unquote behavior. Um, there's a term in a lot of Caribbean cultures called being a bulla, which is basically being a homosexual man, being a gay man, being the F word that we all know. I'm not going to say, um, it's called like a bulla, whatever. And that was definitely something that I had to be aware of because in, not that I'm back in, in Barbados, but when I'm in America, as much as America would say like, oh, we are for equal rights, it's still a little, it's not truly equal but also back in Barbados it's very different so the fact that they got their first pride parade was like whoa and of course they got hate but like my little gay heart was like holy shit can I go back can I go back to the homeland can I go back to the motherland and like live my life with my beautiful partner and possibly raise children there and feel safe so as there was like there was hate there was like you know some cons but there was so much beautiful pros and hope and achievement for that beautiful pride that they had last summer and I respect all the people and when I saw the bisexual flag on this one person's like they wore it as a cape and it's like a live stream and I when I was watching them like this strut down this like this like road I was like oh my god I see myself I was like wow things are changing so yeah and she's the one that shared that to me she was like I want you to look at this and I was like oh wow and she was like you know I will always love you and stuff Dad, on the other hand, yeah, father dear, father dear, yeah, dad, interesting, I thought I was gonna make a cute and shit, like, <laughs> I came back home my sophomore year for Thanksgiving, and, um, I had just started watching that series. Um, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it's called Masters of None. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know how to pronounce her last name. It was like Lena. Lena Waite? Lena Waite, yep. yes. So Angela Bass is her mother. Oh, yeah. In one of the episodes mm-hmm. that coincidentally is named Thanksgiving. Yes. And I showed <laughs> this episode. Yes, it's, it's cheesy, y'all. Ruby can be cheesy. <laughs> I made Thanksgiving dinner for the three of us because my, oh. my brother didn't get to come home. So I made Thanksgiving dinner for the three of us. Mm-hmm. I cooked the dinner. I set the table. 
I set up my laptop and I was like, I'm about to come out to my father. Wow. It's about to be fucking epic. Okay. <laughs> and I like, you know, set the table, got even the damn dog a little dish on the side. And I called him up and like my, called my mom downstairs and I'm like, let's have dinner. We sit down and he's like, why's the laptop? Because we don't obviously, who eats with the, whatever. Anyway, so sitting down with the laptop, I'm like, I want you to watch this cool like series I found on Netflix. He was like, okay. And we're just eating and stuff. And um, it's going along. And obviously, he makes uh, some pretty disturbing comments about um, the actress, like, physical like physical characteristics. Like, she um, she dresses more masculine. Um, and her character is a black gay woman. And... The episode goes through the entire, like, lifestyle of her and her friend, who's the main protagonist, and their life, like, as children to teenagers to young adults to adults, and how, like, her character is developing her own sexuality and her, like, going through, like, um, and just going through, like, all the pros and cons, all, like, the the different, like, journeys of owning up her sexuality, and... She eventually comes out to her mother, and her mom says a statement that my father has basically pounded in my head since I was a fucking baby. Hmm. Um, the phrase is, which to my Scandal friends, I believe it was also on Scandal, um, you have to work twice as hard to get half of what they have. And Angela Bassett in the Netflix series, um, um, Master of None, she says, you are already a black woman, and you want to add another tack to that. That tack meaning gay. And daddy-o, your little girl, is queer. And we finished the episode. He enjoyed it. He, like, was laughing. It was beautiful. was laughing. Um, I was kind of expecting some tears, but he basically was like, do you have something to say to me? And I said, just keep watching, just keep watching. And we finished the episode, and I was just like, waiting, just like smiling, just like, what'd you think? And he gets up, he puts his dishes in the sink, and he looks at me, and he goes downstairs. That is the end <laughs> of a beautiful story that was just didn't, go as well I thought it was gonna go um and ever since then he was just like little like homophobic marks remarks and just like um he would just say some things and my father works in the prison systems and um when after doing he called me like like on a like you know a routine call and like he said yeah I just got off like I got off like a conference or training for trans inmates and I was like oh that's cool he was like no, I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? And he goes into, like, trying to tell me, like, how stupid it is. And I say, you know what? I'm actually not going to talk to you about this. I got to save my energy. I just, I just got off a three-hour lecture um, class. And, of course, he gets an attitude and hangs, hangs up the phone. So that's my father. Yeah. I tell you all the bits. <laughs> So if any of my father's family members are listening to this, um, one, fuck y'all. Two, uh, <laughs> y'all should have known. Like, who, what do you think I was doing? 
when I was coming over to parties and shit, you know, your girl's probably home reading about her sexuality that y'all probably couldn't handle. Yeah. Yeah. It got real, y'all. <laughs> it just got real. <laughs> Reggie's like looking. <laughs> Thank you for sharing with us. No problem. Um, that's the idea, you know. Well, on that note, then, now, I want to ask, what does black and brown queer culture in Vermont look like to you? Magic and seasoning. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, I feel like you know them. Do you know Nathan? I know Nathan, yeah. We're talking about the same one. What I, I don't know how to pronounce their last crass. Mm-hmm. crass. Here we go. Yep, 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 yep. Hi, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Um, so, black and brown, that's the question, black and brown queer culture. In Vermont? In yeah. Vermont. What does it look like to you? What does it feel like to you? Um, so, if feel, anything. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it just, it honestly feels like a door to my heart that I was able to explore more. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It feels like home, um, another home besides home as in Philly, besides Mm. home as in um, Barbados. And it feels like a safer space inside of the pop community that's already small in Burlington Mm. Mm -hmm. and Vermont in general, but a safer space inside the pop community. Because Pac can definitely also be transphobic and homophobic just as much as non-Pac. So, um, but Nathan, they like, I don't know if they created um, Cutie Pac or they like took it over. But there's this group on UVM called Queer Trans People of Color. And it's like um, a group that's pretty small but like so important. And that's where I met so many amazing people. That's where I met Nathan that's where um, I already met Star, so shout out to Star again. Love you, love. Shout out to Star. Um, um, that's where I felt so. I had got so much respect and love from my baby Jamal. Like, love him so much. Miguel, love you too. Um, yeah, like it's where I felt like I didn't have to like one be. Um, overviewed as a black woman on campus but also as a queer person of color on campus i just got to live my three important insanely identities out in one room and we kiki we laugh we eat amazing food um nathan has started they started um a pose screening mm-hmm. at the mosaic center for students of color and that's where i got to learn more about them and just like just kiki with them and Honestly, it's just a space, like, black and brown queer culture in Burlington. Maybe I should say black and brown queer culture in UVM, because I don't know about Burlington. Mm -hmm. At UVM, it's like, it's like a little door inside of my heart that just can just explode. That can literally just be filled with so much love and no judgment. There could be, like, shade and, like, whatever. (laughs) But, like, it's harmless shade it's like shade that's like refreshing <laughs> yeah but Burlington I'm still exploring it I just turned 21 so I'm so yeah I'm still looking forward to see these pop-up bars and stuff 
And I know, like, there was supposed to be, like, a bar that was, like, a gay bar, a queer bar that happened, but it got shut down because of the naming of it. Yeah, like, Reggie's like, yes, yes. Um, Why haven't the queer people revolted and make a new one? Like, I don't understand. Like, (laughs) do I have to go make a fucking protest? Is this a call to arms? Yes. (laughs) Like, y'all telling me you're going to let a one, like, I, like, no. Personally, yes. The name, fucking stupid. But don't let that stop us from making a new fucking bar. Even if that shit's underground. The fuck? I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> did that happen like how many years ago did that happen? It was um two years ago now. Oh oh no. No. I'm thinking this shit like fifty years ago. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, Reggie, let's go. Let's start planning after this recording. Okay. We're starting a planning committee. Yes. For a, a queer bar in Burlington. Or, like, maybe more pop-up bars, but still, like, we just... Yeah. I'm 21, y'all. Absolutely. You <laughs> need to... Uh, there's a void that needs to be filled, it sounds like, in your life. Yes. Yes. Now, I do you feel like you sort of answered, then, the question, when do you feel most brown and out? Is it with... Um, it's definitely with the queer and trans people of color at UVM. I feel the most of those three identities <laughs> um and i feel the most like what do you mean like like just all of burlington or just life in general yeah life in general um yeah when do you feel most in tune to those identities at once i guess oh slow tricky like definitely with obviously definitely with like the people of color on the campus of UVM, but um Mm. I think when I see a hot girl, <laughs> when I see a hot girl walking around, like around the street or whatever, across the street, or I see a, a hot person, just in general, I'm like, damn, Riri, you're queer. <laughs> and like, you should probably get their number because you're bold as fuck sometimes. So has it happened? Yes. Have they rejected me? Yes. It's okay. I'm growing. But also, let's start this bar because I need some new people in my life. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I hopefully that answered your question. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program today. Yay. It was a pleasure talking to you and I hope it was a good experience for you too. Thank you. It was really fun. Honestly, if I could do another episode, I would. C- Part two. Wait, is that, that a thing? I, it could be, certainly. Okay, y'all. When this shit gets online, I'm going to need you to like the fuck out of it because that's how I know I can do a part two. Like, I'm really funny. I can come up with more questions and answers for y'all, okay? Is there anything else you wanted to... I mean, there's going to be a part two, but... Okay, shameless plug. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> follow me on Instagram at Riri Rebellion, R-I-R-I Rebellion on Instagram. And also... For my women and femmes of color, yes, to you, my beautiful babies and queens, you are listening to the new logistics chair, a.k.a. president of the Women of Color Coalition of UVM. So if you are a faculty, staff member, student, or just a citizen, community member of the Burlington community, Please come to our meetings. We have not finalized the date, but definitely look out for it. Definitely follow my Instagram. And also follow uh, Women of Color Instagram at UVMWOCC. 
Our new e-board is fire. I'm on the e-board, so you already know it's extra fire. It's like firecrackers. We're just miniature queen firecrackers. So, and we have done so many things. Okay, shameless, oh yeah, shameless plug. We've done natural hair. We're continuing uh, Crown and Culture Ball. And we're continuing, I'm planning the third annual Slut Walk at UVM. Yes, Slut Walk was not created by us, but like it's at UVM has been reborn to center not only just women and femmes, but like women of color femmes and like people in general that has to deal with slut shame, domestic violence, all that shit. So yeah, shameless plug, follow my Instagram handles. <laughs> and your girl Riri is out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening to me.